0: for you to feel like you belong, even if you never believe. And so thank you again for listening, and I hope today's message encourages you and helps you.
1: How are we doing? Yeah. There's that excitement. Well, hello. If we haven't met, my name is John, and uh, we're in this short series called How to Get Life Right, which is kind of an, uh, like a ridiculous title, like, Who Has Life right? Like we, have, we have a pretty good pastoral staff. We have a good team of just, just in general staff members in different areas, worship, tech, community, like all these things. And they're really good at a lot of things. But no, maybe Dale Golden is the only person on staff that I would say has life right. Other than that, other than that, we're all in it together. We're figuring it out it's hard, it's difficult, like short list of things that I can't figure out. One, how do you keep scissors away from your kids? like how, I don't know we're like three times already we've had to adjust her hair after she's already adjusted it. like we're currently in this battle of like who can have the shortest hair in the household because we hide them and she finds them. And then we hide them higher, and she climbs, and she finds them. And it just, it's just a frustration, you know? Like, how do you do that? How do you parent right? How do you, or, or what about all the roles in your life? Like, uh, I'm a pastor, but I'm also a student doing, doing lots of you know, research and reading. And I'm also a, a husband and a, and a father and a son and a friend. And it's like every role is like a spinning plate. And it's like, I feel like I'm slowly getting behind on everything. It's like, how do I prioritize? Which roles I need to prioritize? and I, And I don't know about you, but like, when I looked up to adults as a kid, I was like, oh, man, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. It's just okay. It's, at best, just okay. Like, it's difficult, it's difficult. I struggle with these things. My expectations of who I should be don't always match my reality. Like, I just, I, I don't know, I, I look at my own life and I'm like, I shouldn't struggle this much. Like, what's going on? And if someone sat me down and was just like, hey, John, could you just give me kind of like a list of all your struggles? I could do that. Like, I, have, I could produce a list. It's frustrating. But here's the thing. We have attention because lots of things I can control. Things are my decisions. I made that choice. Yeah, absolutely put them in that category. But there's this other category that makes up who you are of just stuff that's like, it's just out of your control. It's, it's unavoidable. It's, it's stuff that just happens to you, right? And, and ultimately, right, in this category, like, it's okay if you got sick. Like, you're not a bad person if you get sick. Like, unless you hate soap and like eating dirt, that is on you. But for most of us, it's like, it just happens sometimes. And it's frustrating. And, and it can be medical conditions. It can be unforeseen uh, house repairs, do you know what I'm talking about here? Uh, this one gets us all the time where it's like, oh, yeah, this should last you like 10 years. And then we're six years in, and all of a sudden it breaks. And I, now I have $2,000 that I've got to just find somewhere, right? And it's frustrating. And it just, some things just happen like that. Or about this one, uh, other people letting us down. Yeah, it, it just happens. Like sometimes you put your trust into someone, and you're like, oh, cool. And then it turns out that you shouldn't have, and they, and they burn you, and it, and it hurts, and it can be frustrating. Because life has plenty of these unavoidable struggles. But a lot of things, if we're honest, a lot of things are highly avoidable. A lot of things are actually in that first category. So, so the question is, why do we let ourselves get weighed down by avoidable struggles? So this is kind of my thesis a little bit for this message, which is we should avoid what can be avoided because it gives us the margin to deal with the unavoidable. We should avoid what can be avoided because it gives us the margin to deal with the unavoidable. Without, Without margin, when the unavoidable stuff comes, it will break you. It will hurt There's a reason we have this saying. Maybe you can fill it in for me. It was the straw that broke the... Yeah, you you know this one, right? Like this is it. Like it's not always massive things that break us. It's like one final little thing that gets piled on top of a whole bunch of medium things and little things and tiny things and big things. And it just adds and adds and adds until, oh, we go down. But guess what? Camels are actually really good at carrying straw. Do you know this? Especially like one straw. Like go to you can go to a petting zoo, just straw, doesn't break, usually. Uh, But but the thing is, is they're good at that because they're pretty strong animals. And humans, we are actually really good at dealing with difficult things. We're actually great at problem solving, especially when we collaborate and we work together to come up with a solution. Like, we're actually very good at that if we have the margin to do so, if we've built in that margin. So what is avoidable? How do we keep ourselves from unnecessarily burdening ourselves? To answer that, I want to introduce you to this thing that I call wisdom. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Yeah, wisdom. So, I, I, you know, I, I'm working on a PhD in biblical exegesis, which is a fancy way of saying that I, like, study the Bible, and I, and I dig into all the nerdy stuff, and I want to, like, help people understand it. I love the Bible. But one of the things that's really cool about the Bible is it's just old. Like, that's one of the things I like about it is it's really old because we tend nowadays just to want new stuff. Like, we want the new phone, we want the newest fashion trend, we want new technology. Uh, my wife and I were talking this morning, I was like, to, to be on the center point stage, like, do I need to go buy Nikes? Like, is that a thing? Uh, we thought about it, okay? Uh, I was going to borrow Chris's, wouldn't fit. Um, you know, we want the new stuff, but generational wisdom, generational wisdom lives in the old stuff. Like, my dad and I, we joke a lot about, like, who were the first people to do, fill in the blank, like, poison berries? Like, who figured out which berries you like, you know, there's, like, two dudes, and they're just, like, looking at a berry bush. They're like, I mean, we're hungry. It's got to be one of us. You going, for, you, yeah, me? Okay. Right. And this is, that's just how, like, who figured that out? Like, which weirdo figured out that you can eat blue cheese and not die? You know what I'm saying? Like, if we, like, hear me. If we're going to a burger restaurant, like, I'm looking. I'm scanning for the bacon in blue, the black. and Like, that's, I love it. It tastes great. But it looks poisonous. It looks disgusting. And if people describe what it is, it makes it worse. Just don't. Just eat it and just ignore it. Uh, but someone figured that out. And, and you know, we, we think about all this stuff, but with new stuff, you know, we're still working it out. Like, how many identity disorders, depression, bullying, et cetera, has come from new technology just being misused? And maybe we're starting to figure out, like, the internet is cool. Like I love the internet. It's awesome. I grew up on it. I use it for my education. I use it for my work. It's, it's really interesting stuff, and it's, and it's a great communication tool. But, gosh, all this stuff, we just don't have good guidance around it. And we're just figuring it out. And, like, how many social negatives have come from its misuse? It can take generations to figure some of this stuff out. And so, you know, wisdom, this thing that I'm introducing you to, wisdom, um, it's like a treasure trove of been there, done that knowledge. It's... It's the old stuff. That's where we look. Because if we, if we go to just the new stuff, we cut ourselves off from this. We cut ourselves off from the wisdom tradition. We cut ourselves off from all this collective knowledge of generations that have tried things and figured out where they go and what happens. Um, and, and I don't know uh, if you've—we've uh, talked about the book of Proverbs. I don't know if you've heard this before, but the book of Proverbs is meant to be read like a child, like, not even, like if you're not a child, which hopefully you're not because you should be over there, um, but it's meant to be read from the perspective of a child looking up and learning from a parent or like a student who's learning from a wise teacher. So uh, this is uh, Proverbs 1.8 towards the beginning of the book. It says, listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Listen, do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head, a chain to adorn your neck. And maybe right now, you're sitting next to your parent, and they give you bad advice all of the time, and maybe you're nudging them, but that's not what I'm talking about, okay? First off, be kind to them. They have your best interests in mind, but that's not what I'm talking about. In the ancient Near East, which is, which is where the Bible was written, um, the title father and mother was often used of like wise teachers so you know uh, it was like a title of someone who had been there, had seen some things, had learned, you know, usually they were one of the few people that could read, Um, and you would go and you would learn from them. And so the book of Proverbs is this collection of all the wise sayings across a whole bunch of communities in the ancient East. It's not just the Hebrew people, which is typically what we focus on in the Bible. It's actually collections of of wise sayings, even from like Egypt and Babylon and some of the surrounding nations. And so, things that just have been proven true across the test of time, across a bunch of different cultures. And so, if you're skeptical about the Bible, Proverbs is actually a great place to start because it's really just a lot of practical advice. Like, there's not a whole bunch of, like, God talk type stuff. It's actually just really practical. And if every decision that we make, if every decision is leading in a direction— then we should listen to wisdom to make better decisions and avoid avoidable bad ones. Bit of a tongue twister there, but make better decisions and avoid avoidable bad ones. Bradley talked about this last week. The Proverbs are not like exact solutions to your problems. They're not like specific. Like you might get lucky here and there, but usually it's not going to be an exact solution to your problem. Like if you're wondering how much do you tip when someone like shoves one of those new machines in front of you and, like, stares at you. I was like, um, if you're wondering about that, you can't go to Proverbs and it's like, oh, 15%, obviously. Cool. Oh, 22? 22? Okay, cool. Ooh, they did a really good job. Uh, oh, 27? Are you serious? Uh, like, it's not that. Wisdom is going to say live generously. And, and then it's going to tell you about what is down the road of a life that's generous, what the blessings are, what the benefits are, why you should do that. So we listen to wisdom, and we can avoid a lot of regret, a lot of hurt, and create margin in our life so that we can better handle life's difficulties. Because here's the thing, the more informed we are about what's on the journey ahead, the better we can walk it. I don't know about you, I am heavily skeptical of weather reports. I don't trust them. That's just where I'm at. I, I, there is a, a list of states, and I think Florida is right up there, that you just, don't, you just don't believe the weather report. Like, you could just say, it's gonna rain, but it'll be quick. And that's like 95% of what you need to know in Florida. It's just how it works. But then, there's these things called hurricanes. And we can know, sometimes a week Two weeks in advance, hey, something's stirring out there. Hey, uh, 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 it's formed tropical storm. Hey, it's a hurricane. Hey, it's coming this time. This is the exact speed it is. This is currently where it's at. Here's some projections. Yeah, it could hit here. It could hit here. Oh, uh, it's going to go this speed. It's going to last for two days. Like, all of that advanced warning, all of that, that knowledge about when a hurricane's going to come is an actual like, superpower we have. Like, It's incredible. And because of that advance warning, it lets us make decisions to put ourselves, the people we love, the things we care about, into a position of safety. It helps us navigate that situation with tons of advance warning. It's, It's actually incredible. But then a wise person in our lives gives us advice about a toxic relationship. And we're like, you just don't know him like I know him. You just don't get it. Yeah, if you knew him like I knew him, you wouldn't. Or they give us advice, some wisdom around a poor financial decision. Ah, uh, Yeah, I saw it on TikTok, trust me. Like, yeah, but see, like, if I don't buy the heavily overpriced Stanley Cup, my friends will disown me, and that's not fun. We can't have that, I have to buy it. I'm letting my bias in here, but you know who you are. Like, advance warning is so helpful, but then when when it conflicts with what we want, all of a sudden we just throw wisdom out the window. And we neglect it. And then we pile on avoidable struggles and regrets. Wisdom gives us advanced insight into life. It helps us take the decision out of that moment. Wisdom tells you what's down the road that your decisions put you on. So, I just want to show you a couple examples. Obviously, we're not going to read all of Proverbs, though you should. Um, Proverbs 10, 4 through 5 says this Poor is the one who works with a lazy hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in the summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in the harvest is a son who acts shamefully. So, what is taught here? Okay, let's just look through it. Uh, One, the world has seasons. Food, that thing that we all like to eat, it only grows properly in certain seasons. So we have to work within those seasons for success. In Florida, we grow lots of things. But even here where there's lots of sunshine, lots of rain, only certain things grow well in certain seasons. And you know that. You've probably maybe even made the mistake of planting something out of season in your back garden, and it just doesn't work out. Unless you plant sweet potatoes, and these things just, they won't stop. But in a literal sense, yeah, seasons happen, they get it. But in a thematic sense, you only get so much time, and then things pass. Like parents, your, your kids today will be this age today. Like don't miss out on what this season has for you. Don't miss out on those moments with your family. Because right now, you're in this season. And in the future, yeah, there'll be a different season. And that season will bring all sorts of good things, difficulties, struggles, all the, all the things that life has. But right now, don't miss the opportunities that you have. Or what about just the general principle that laziness gets nothing done? And I'm not talking about um, like, self-care and proper sleep habits and things like that. I'm just talking about like, hey, it's time to be productive and you're choosing not to. It is the moment right now. It is the harvest. If we don't harvest, we're going to miss it. Like this is how wisdom works. And that was just like three random things I'm pulling out. Um, You could keep going, but you you hopefully see how this works. Let's do one more example. Uh, Proverbs 10, 9 Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. But whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. What about this one? Integrity its that thing about being honest, having strong moral principles. Things like keeping your word, things like honoring your relationships. Yeah, integrity is important. In fact, the wisdom tradition says that if you lack integrity, people will notice. You can't just hide it forever. It will undermine every relationship in your life. In fact, if you lack integrity, you won't be able to do that thing that Jesus focused on, the thing that he points us to. He's like, hey, go love people. You will not be able to do that well if you you don't have integrity. If you lack integrity, it will destroy it. And you know who's going to notice first? Your kids will notice. It doesn't matter what you say they're going to see what you do. People will notice. We have modern stories like, uh, like the boy who cried wolf. You guys know this one, right? Like he, he keeps lying about, you know, a wolf attack and, you know, hey, and everyone gets up in arms and they show up and it turns out he was just making a joke. It was just a joke and again and again. And then ultimately it does happen and they don't believe him anymore. He's, he's given up his integrity, and I, and, I, and I reflect on this sort of thing, and I'm like, what silly things have I sacrificed my own integrity for? What silly things have you sacrificed your own integrity for? Like, if you are to ask yourself, like, can the people in my life trust me? If people think about me, do they think that I'm trustworthy? And if not... How do I begin to build that trust today? How do I work on that? And all of this centers around the question, which is like, do you trust wisdom to tell you the truth? You know, as we look through how it was applied later on, and, and maybe even people in your own life that have looked to biblical wisdom and lived it out, you know, what do they say? What do they say? Paul certainly believed in it. Um, Paul is the guy who wrote a lot of the, the books of the New Testament. He, he kind of came right after Jesus and, and was a part of the early church. He wrote a lot of letters, and in one of those letters, 2 Timothy, he speaks kind of plainly about this. He says, All Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Righteousness, not a word we use very often. I don't know if like show of hands, like who used righteousness this week? Like maybe you're talking about church. It's a little weird word. It's kind of confusing what it means. It, it basically, uh, it, it includes the definition of like justice and right relationship, um, both horizontally with others and vertically with God that you are in proper standing. And he's like, hey, this scripture, this, this, all this wisdom, it is useful to train people To train people in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And it's not that all scripture is applicable to every situation. It's not. But all scripture contains wisdom that will help you navigate life better. And this is what the author of Proverbs collected these sayings for. He, he kind of gives us a list. The first seven verses sets up the whole 31 chapter book. And he's just trying to give you, like, this is why you should read it. This is, and, and I'm going to encourage you the same way he is. Like, this is why you should pay attention to wisdom. Uh, read these Proverbs. I did this because verse 2, it's for gaining wisdom. Like, you read these, you will gain wisdom by listening to the insights of others. It's for instruction on wise behavior. Hey, if you start to learn from wisdom, you start listening to this stuff, like, it's going to actually help you make wise behavioral choices in your life that will lead you to blessing, that will lead you down good paths. I like this next one a lot. To give cleverness to the naive, verse four. I want to be clever. That's cool. And I definitely don't want to be naive. I don't want to be known as someone who, oh, you can totally take advantage of that person. They won't even know. They're not clever enough to figure it out. I want to be clever. I want to be someone who can can, can tell the difference between what is not good and what is good. And I can read the situation even if uh, it's not super explicit. Verse five, to help those who are wise become more wise. If you're a Dale Golden and you're already wise, like if you've been down the road and maybe some of you people are in here that you're like, yeah, I have a lot of life experience. I've talked to a lot of people. I've seen some things. You're still one person. The Proverbs is a collection of, of wisdom that could not come from one individual. It is, it is a collection uh, in a way that, hey, if you're an individual wise person, there's a whole bunch of other wise people. You should come together. It will make you even more wise. There's no, uh, there's no bar that you're just like, you're good. You've proverbs out. Um, and then f- verse 5, you know, to learn how to discern. This is a, a constant human problem. Like We need to learn and be, and be trained on how to tell the difference between good and evil. How to tell if this is going to lead to good things, to blessing, to care, to life, or to evil, to death, to destruction, to, to our own demise. This is why he writes this. It's how he starts the book. He tells you why you should read it. To avoid going through life unskilled at life. Which is actually what wisdom is all about. Wisdom is the, the, the English word that we translate from the, the Hebrew word, chokmah. Which is a, it's a word that is all about uh, technical skill and ability. So things like administration, warfare, crafting, cooking, uh, you know, all that sort of thing. Thinking. The point is that you're, you should be skilled at life in all of its facets. That if you listen to wisdom, you're going to be able to see dangers down the road before they get there, and you're going to be able to navigate around them and be able to get past them. And you're going to see benefits down the road. You're going to navigate towards them, do a little course correction. Oh, we really want that. That's a good thing. So I, you know, I don't know about you. I'm on board for this. I, I would like to be known as someone who is, who is wise, who is discerning, who is thoughtful. So again, you know, the question becomes, how do we keep ourselves from unnecessarily burdening ourselves? And the like uninspiring, sorry about this, uninspiring application of this message is like, yeah, you apply wisdom in your lives. Like it's not that, it's not like, never thought of that. Like you apply wisdom in your lives. And so I just want to give you a couple Three bullet points of just, this is how I think you could do this. These are some of the ways. Definitely more, not exhaustive. But one is you build an inner circle of wise people that you can trust. And you give yourself relational margin and freedom to realize that not every relationship is for every season of your life. People come and people go. And we do need people in our life that encourage us and build us up Sometimes, you know, even if it's not always perfectly true. But we definitely, definitely also need people who will hold us accountable. People that will, that will say things and, and we can trust that they're not there to destroy us. They're not there to break us down. These are people that actually love us and want to see us grow, And so they're going to say things. They're going to hold us accountable. Uh, you know, build that inner circle of wise people. There's a proverb about this. It's uh, 1320. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Pretty straightforward. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. That's what wisdom tradition has for that. You know, build that circle around you. And then... Second, this is kind of building off this, talk to people in other phases of life than you. This is why, like, teenagers, like, think they're the smartest people, because they only talk to other teenagers. Like, we all do it, we get it. But talk to people in other phases of life than you. This is way, this is, uh, this is the way Proverbs is framed, right? Like, young child and a wise parent or a student and a, and a teacher. Who are the people in your life that are in different phases of life than you that you can... Gain wisdom that you can talk to, you can communicate with. Uh, small group leaders, mentors, maybe throw in a pastor every once in a while, your parents, all those things. Talk to people in other phases of life than you, and you will become more wise. Three, explore biblical wisdom with others. This is, again, that part that I was talking about. Just, like, apply biblical wisdom. Well, to do that, you have to actually read it. You have to actually know a little bit about it. Um, and so the annoyingly unprofound application of this message is like, hey, like read Proverbs. I don't know. Like start there. Like, but it, truly, it's a treasure trove of wisdom. You should do it. And if you're skeptical about the merit of the text, if you're skeptical of like, do I believe this? Is this actually helpful? Now um, now's your chance to explore it. It's not a very long book. It's 31 chapters. A lot of people will do that thing where like they start on day one of a month and they just like read a chapter a day. And you can do that in like three minutes. It's super, super easy. Uh, but now's your chance to explore it and see, see what's in there. And do it with others. This is why I was so uh, key on saying explore biblical wisdom with others. Because this is how scriptures were meant to be read. Back in the day, there's like one in a hundred people could read like very few people. So it was always read communally. It was always read together. You'd have someone reading it and people would listen to it and react and reflect. And, and I've just seen in my own life that this is the best way to learn. This is the best way. If you're trying to read scripture or really learn in almost anything in isolation, you just go slower. It just doesn't work as well. You don't see as many aspects. So read with other people and whatever works for you spouses small groups friends you know maybe you got to study before work but read wisdom together and reflect on it and bring your own life experience to the text it's communal literature filled with communal wisdom that was meant to be read communally have i said community enough you get it you get the point cool here's the thing i can give you a john shepherd guarantee that difficulties will come into your life. Jesus also said that, but like right now, John Shepherd, guarantee that difficulties will come. And you can be set up well with mental margin and relational health and all the things that you need to get through them. You can do that. It is actually doable. When difficulties come, you can be set up well. And, and, and the thing is, is we rarely see this stuff coming. Sometimes unexpected, unanticipated difficulties hit. And they hit hard. And sometimes they can take us out for a season. And we can't be that parent, that, that, you know, that son, that student, that employee, that employer. They hit hard, and and we just can't be that person that we think we should be. And and often we reach for unhealthy coping mechanisms. That's That's a common one. We get angry at God. It's so easy when things are difficult to just get angry at God. Our circumstances are just frustration. We do what we can. But the truth is, And there obviously, I'm not saying there's not exceptions, but not everyone in this room is the exception. The most common thing, if we're being really honest, is that we didn't build in enough margin. And so that thing took us out. And we didn't have the margin to deal with it. We didn't have the margin to handle it well. And if it doesn't feel urgent to you, I just, it needs to, it needs to begin today to to start listening to others, to build that community, to begin to pay attention to wisdom and the wisdom tradition. Avoid what can be avoided. Build in that margin. You can do it. You can do it. I can do it. We can do it. Or, or we just don't. We try to figure it all out on ourselves. Like all of it, the stove, sure it's hot. Let me test it. Like, that's up to you. You can just ignore it and try to, try to take life on hard mode, figure it out. But here's what the wisdom tradition has for those people. It says, archers who outrun their fellow archers have no backup. They must face the enemy alone. This was figured out over 3,500 years ago in Egypt. Yet every Friday night when I'm playing Fortnite with my friends, Cecilio runs off on his own to his own demise without fail. You've had many centuries to learn this. And, and the truth is, like we don't get this right. We 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 make we make mistakes. And even if today you choose to start working on this, like there's still stuff. There's still stuff that we've already done. We've already piled on. And this is where we're going in this series. Next week, Pastor Justin, he's going to come up give an, an incredible message about how do we deal with the stuff that's already in our past. We already went down the wrong road. We already got hit with some stuff, and we piled on a lot of regret and a lot of frustration. And so that's where we're going. We're going we're to talk about that. But today, I just, I just hope, I hope this has been enough to encourage you to make the choice to seek wisdom and avoid what can be avoided and build in that margin. So let's ask God right now just for some of his wisdom. God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for your Holy Spirit just being present here with us encouraging us, guiding us, filling us with your wisdom. And today, as we all, you know, sit here in different moments in life, different seasons, that we would just know that we're loved. Like the song said earlier, you know, we've never been more loved than right now. And we would just begin down the journey of exploring your wisdom and seeing the blessings and avoiding the difficulties and the struggles. And I hope that we as a, as a church, as a, as a family here, that we would go forward together. And we just thank you so much for what you're doing. In here I
0: pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Centerpoint Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways?